We've been in a series over the last several weeks as we've been walking through the Apostles' Creed, and I am really honored to get to hand this microphone over to a friend of mine today to come and preach the word in the next part of our series. Now, uh, Greg Howell has been a member of this church in different seasons of the history of Lancaster Foursquare Church, uh, over, over the history of our church for a long time, and uh, their family has returned. God, We're so glad God sent them back to our church just in recent history, Uh, and you might have been in the room a few Sundays ago when God said, do a thing now that you've been preparing to do for a little while, and he just said, just do it right now in front of everyone, and God said, this man is a pastor in our church. And so, so Greg became Pastor Greg at Life Church just a few weeks ago, even though really if you've known Greg, he's been Pastor Greg for like forever, like forever. And so uh, we have a distinct honor to welcome uh, Greg's voice back to the pulpit at Lancaster Foursquare Church for the first time in a long time, although this won't be the first time he's preached here on this stage. So it's sort of like the first time in a while. Does that, does that sound, yeah, does that sound about right? But I, I would love it if you would honor Pastor Greg as he comes and uh, preaches the word to us today. That explains that deja vu feeling I've been feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, such an honor and a privilege. I, I was just, um, when he asked me to preach, it's almost two months now, a month and a half, two months ago, and a lot, said, a lot has transpired since then. I want to set this microphone down for a second so I can use two hands. <laughs> Once again, uh, I, I really do consider this a, a privilege and an honor, and, and I'm also humbled to be able to do this. Um, I want to, before I actually get into the word, there's something that I, I want to share. And I came across this this picture. You can go ahead and put the picture up if you want. Um, came across this picture, and I go, oh, this is pretty cool, and I put a little, some words on it. I go, oh, maybe I'll use this for, like, social media or something. And... Um, I really felt the last couple of days where no share it now share it you know share it on a Sunday but it doesn't really go with my sermon share it anyway and so um, Pastor Tim was very gracious that I came in and I go, hey I hate to do this but can we add a slide you know and we had to sit and figure out how to do it you know I got teased about my ancient phone you know I use an Android and they, you know they all they say they, Pastor Tim said they're gonna pray for me um, I do have an iPad. <laughs> kind of getting there, right? <laughs> and, and so the confirmation was this morning in, in our prayer, Marcus kept talking about some different things, and one of the words that kept coming up was transformation, 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 and, and, and the change, and how we need the change. I'm like going, okay, I'll, I'll throw the slide up. So what we have here is a before and after picture. Somebody found that what most people would call junk or trash and turn it into this beautiful machinery. I wish I was the guy who did it, and I wish I owned <laughs> that one on the bottom. But then I can, So if man can do this to a machine, imagine what God can do with a man, and Jesus makes people whole. And so 
This morning, I don't know what that means in your life. If that's a physical healing, a mental healing, a spiritual healing. If it's just, hey, I need to change to be the person that God wants me to be, whatever that is, that God works in so many ways in this transformation. And I, one of the things in the transformation is uh, restoration of relationships. And I am literally standing on the stage today as a part of that. Okay? God has restored a, a relationship with that. It's just incredible. Almost maybe miraculous, <laughs> possibly. Um, enough of that. <laughs> so I, just, so um, I don't know who needed to hear that, if I just needed to, to say something or whatever, but take that. Now let's get into what I'm supposed to talk about. <clears throat> I believe. We're, Pastor Tim's been doing a series, I believe, based off the Apostle Creed. And we've been taking little pieces of the Apostles' Creed each week. And, go, and so this week, it, it's my turn. And so we'll be talking about the, uh, the Christian church and the uh, communion with the saints. But before we go, let's uh, go ahead. Let me, let me just pray real quick. Father, right now, I just uh, thank you and praise you for everything you're doing in your church, especially this church, Father, and in the lives of, of all the believers here. Father, I just pray that once again you'll continue to move and work in our lives. And right now, as we get into your word and we, we talk about your church and the communion with the saints, Father, I just pray that right now, Holy Spirit, you just begin to prepare the, the hearts and the minds to receive the words that you have to say, Father. And right now, I just pray that every word that's of the Holy Spirit would take root and, and grab hold and, and change lives. And any word that's from me that's not of the Holy Spirit would just fall on deaf ears. Father, once again, we just thank you and we praise you for all you're doing. And as we get into your word, we just, uh, once again, give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. And we thank you in advance for the things you're going to do. And we ask these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's start off. Let's, let's read the Apostles' Creed. This is basically everything we believe all wrapped up in basically one statement. I, I know Pastor Tim has talked about it each week. I don't need to explain it too much. But... Um, I had a history teacher a while back when I, when I was doing my, my schooling. He said, if you need a, a, a slogan, you, know, you can write this manifestation thing and all your, your, your claims of what you believe, and it can be a thousand pages where, but nobody's going to read it. So you've got to get your statement on a bumper sticker. So whatever you have to say, put it on a bumper sticker because they probably won't read your, your, your paper. So in a sense, this is kind of our bumper sticker. I guess we're going to start up with say, I believe, and then that's, that's our bumper sticker. But this is everything we believe as the Christian church wrapped up in this one statement. Okay, this, this is, what do you guys believe? This is what we believe. What do you guys all about? Now, I said, we've been doing how many weeks breaking this down, and each one of these things could be a series within itself. But yet, you know, we do it. So anyway, with that, the Apostles' Creed says, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, 
the, resurre resurre uh, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. So like I said, today we're going to talk about the Holy Christian Church and communion of the saints. So there's a few questions we have to ask ourselves. And so we're going to talk about the church first. And the first question is, whose church is this? Okay, so now once again, you, you know at church, in Sunday school, Bible college, you already know the, the generic answer, and you're going to probably be right. But let's go ahead and, and get some evidence first, okay? So before we get into that, so the word church in the New Testament is mentioned over 70 times just in the New Testament. And the Greek word, ekklesia, actually means a gathering of those summoned or a calling out. It's a popular meeting, especially of a religious congregation, like in a Christian community of members. Uh, it's an assembly or church. <laughs> okay, that's what that Greek wor word means that's, it, that's mentioned in the Bible. Now, out of all those 70, we're only going to focus on one today, and everybody said, amen. Amen. <laughs> I mean, it would be a long sermon if we did all 70. And so as you're getting your Bibles prepared and ready, you can start looking at Matthew 16, and we'll, and we'll pick up at verse 17. And while you're getting your Bibles ready, this actually passage of the Scripture is where Jesus is chilling with the disciples. And he starts talking to them. He says, hey, who do people say I am? What are, people, what are they saying about me? So the disciples, oh, some people think you're John the Baptist, and some think you're Elijah, you're Jeremiah, you're one of the prophets, all these different answers. And then Simon, the same guy who a minute ago we talked about walking out on the water, Simon says, no, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. So now we're going to pick up with Jesus' answer in verse 16. Or I mean, sorry, Matthew 16, verse 17. And Jesus answered him and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And also I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now I want to do a, a quick side note, a little freebie here, because I would focus on the church. Well, this is still focusing on the church. But in this passage right here it says, and the gates of Hades or the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Talking about the church. I've heard so many sermons talking about how the gates of hell will not prevail. They're saying how all these attacks, using this passage of scripture, how these attacks from the, the enemy come at us, but those gates will stop them. Well, that's not what this scripture is saying. So the scripture is clear saying, yes, we will be attacked. And I can go through many scriptures and point out where we will be attacked and how to fight these attacks. But this says the gates of hell or even the powers of death will not prevail against the church. Now, something I've learned about gates, they don't move. I mean, they, they open and close, but they don't move. I have never walked down the street and have been in danger of a, a gate jumping off its hinges and attacking me. <laughs> it hasn't happened. Gates are made to keep people in or out. Now, I've come to gates that have been locked and try to keep me out. And I've either picked a lock, jumped over the fence, or, 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 or whatever. 
keeping it real. Um, <laughs> so with this scripture is talking about the gates of hell, actually this church that Jesus is talking about is to be on the move and to go out forward and march out. And as you do, whatever gate comes in your way will not stop you or prevail against you. And as we move forward, so we're not sitting oh, hide, oh, is that gate going to come get me? No. We're just walking. Oh, there's a gate. I even wore my steel-toed boots. We just come in, kick that gate open, and, and keep moving. Right? So, anyway, that just, I just wanted to throw that out. because the, So, anyway, back on track. So, so, Simon stands up and says, you are the Christ, son of the living God. Now, Simon... His name means ones that, that hears, like in an intellectual way. He like to, gets knowledge. That's what Simon means. So someone who likes to get knowledge. Now, that's really key to know that because when he says, you are the Christ, son of the living God, Jesus says, you know what? Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. My father did. So all his knowledge that he liked to gain, that he, you know, whatever the world would say, the father came and said, no, he revealed this to him. So it wasn't man who revealed it. God revealed that to him. He was made, able to make that statement. And in that same moment, Jesus goes, and you're now Peter. You are the rock. So you're not one who just gains information. You're a rock now. And I, I, I know there are a lot of pastors, and I've heard sermons about, you know, this rock, that Peter is the, they built the church on Peter because he's the rock, you know. You're Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. We'll, we'll defunct that here in a minute. But um, the word Peter in the Greek is Petros. And Petros means a piece of a rock. And I've also heard sermons say, oh, yeah, Peter was just a piece of a rock. He's just a little pebble. No, this word Petros means a substantial piece of a rock. Not just a pebble, but a, a good chunk of a rock. But then when he says, but upon this rock, that Greek word was Petra which is the massive rock. So Peter is a piece, a substantial piece, but upon the massive rock is what I will build my church on. And that's the church that the gates of hell or Hades cannot prevail against. The powers of death cannot come against that church. Okay? So that is the rock. So I... And I agree with this. Many scholars will say that Peter's profession of faith, that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, is the foundation or the basis of what the church is built on. And I will agree with that. But I also will say this, that Christ, the solid rock, the chief cornerstone, the stone that the builders rejected, is what that church is built upon. Okay? Um, so, yes, our, our, our profession of faith that you are the Christ, Son of the God, that kind of sets the Christian church apart from other churches by saying that. So it's a foundational statement. But the church is built on Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. And that's where it's built on. Um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens and with the saints and members of the household of God. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself 
being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So not only are we a part of that church, it right as one of many verses that says, Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone of who this is all fitted together. And, you know, the ancient buildings were built out of bricks or rocks or stones or whatever, and you needed that one stone, that cornerstone, that would hold the whole building up, take all the way to the building. And that's where Jesus says, I am that one. And it's funny because he's the stone that the builders said, now we don't want this one. And now he is that chief cornerstone. So amen for that. So we say, I believe in the Holy Christian Church. That's the church built or based upon Christ. So the answer to my first question, whose church? You were right in thinking Jesus' church. But I just needed to clarify that. I can't just make that blanket statement. We need to prove it and show it in Scripture. So it's Jesus' church that we are talking about. So when we believe in the Holy Christian Church, we're believing in Jesus' church. Okay? Now, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on why we need to go to church or, you know, that's already been covered. So my second question is, who or what is the church? The church belongs to Jesus, but who or what is the church? So I'll just give the answer right now. We are. <laughs> okay? I'm the church. Chris is the church. Pastor Tim is the church. John, you're the church. I'm not going to sit and name everybody, but if you're sitting here listening to my voice, you are the church. Uh, once again, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Jesus Christ himself. So once again, Christ's chief cornerstone. This is not on a slide, so if you're taking notes, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. It says, and what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And there are more verses I can go, once again, I'm, you know, I won't go through every single verse. There's more and more verses that talks about us being the temple, the dwelling place of the Lord. So we are the church. So even though individually, we are the church. Now we belong to a local gathering. That local gathering is called Life Church in our case. So individually, yes, you are the church. Corporately, we become Life Church. And um, so, this is this, so that's us who gather in this community. And it was two or three weeks ago, whenever Spark of Revival. I love what Jason said, and I'm probably going to hack his quote, but you'll get the gist of it. He got up here and said, this building is not the church unless we are in it. As soon as we're in it, now this becomes the church, the building. And I, I just, when I heard that, I go, man, that, that was cool, Jason. <laughs> you know, I mean, we all knew that and believed that, but just to hear it said, like, yeah. This, this next scripture is also not on a slide, but you should know it by now because, I don't know, something about the scripture, I don't know where it came from, but I'm seeing it somewhere. Hebrews chapter 10. Um, 
verse, I'm going to use verse 24 and 25. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. So yes, you are the church, but yes, we need to gather together. We need each other. We need to build each other up. Just one example, just before I came up to, to speak, we broke off into prayer groups, and we needed each other to pray, and we had others pray for our different needs, and we presented, I presented a, a, a family member that really needs a miraculous healing right now. We, we, we prayed for that, and I'm believing for God's healing in this family member. But it's okay to do that. I can pray by myself because I'm the church, but just to have others come and, yes, stand in agreement with me, and to exhort each other and encourage each other. Pastor Tim encouraged us to sign up for children's ministry. <laughs> You know, that's an encouragement. I mean, there's other ways. But you know what? You might be missing out on your calling or your blessing by not doing that. And yes, once again, you may be training the next senior pastor of this church. Hey, somebody had to be Billy Graham's Bible school or Sunday school teacher. You know, might as well be you. <laughs> so that's why the gathering, we, we need you. See, you can't have this Lone Ranger mentality. Right? Everybody, all. Oh, I'm the Lone Ranger. I'll do it myself. I got news for you. The Lone Ranger depended on Tano. Mmm, good word, Kimosabi. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right? Even the Lone Ranger depended on somebody. So was he really a Lone Ranger? Just saying. So, individually, we're the church. Corporately, we become Life Church. Life Church belongs to a, an organization or a denomination called Foursquare. Technically, it's the International Church of the Foursquare Gospel, Inc. <laughs> that's, that's its legal name. <laughs> we belong to Foursquare. So, within Foursquare, we have our divisions and our di uh, districts and, you know, et cetera. In the United States, we are just shy of 2,000 four-square churches in the United States alone. Pretty cool. Wow. We belong to that. Pretty awesome. Around the world, in 150 countries, 67,500 four-square churches that we belong to. So when we say we belong to the global church, and in the original language of, of the creed it says the Catholic church, which is not the denomination, Catholic denomination, it just means universal, right? So we belong to the universal, global, universal church. When we say that, just four square alone, 67,500 churches around the world in 150 countries, just four square. That's not the Assembly of God's Calvary Chapels, the Baptists, the Lutherans, the Methodists, you know, et cetera. The local church, the global church is everywhere. Now, I just want to say this. I, I just, any church that claims, here's where, here's where I call our, our local church, or our, I'm sorry, our global church. I define our global church as this. Any church who claims Romans 10, 
9 and 10, I consider them part of, of our, our global church. Romans 10, 9 and 10 simply says this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes into righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. That is the true essential of being a Christian church. We can argue about, well, we speak in tongues and they don't. Oh, you guys use electric guitars to worship? We only worship with organs and pianos. Oh, you guys worship the Lord with songs, with words that aren't his character. We only sing hymns. I had to jab that in there. <laughs> right? So we can sit and nitpick. Oh, you have this. Or there, there's a church. There are churches with dress codes. And, well, you know, I say praise God I'm not part of that church, although I was. I would not be standing here talking to you if I didn't have a suit and tie on. Um, and that was my dad's church. <laughs> Come on, dad, serious? Um, but the global universal church, once again, is we don't worry about those non-essentials. See, speaking in tongues is not going to keep you out of the kingdom of heaven. Being filled with the Spirit will not keep you out of the kingdom of heaven. Now, why would you not want that? I don't know. But that's not going to keep you out of the kingdom. So we need to quit worrying about these non-essentials and begin to embrace our, our fellow Christians. As long as they take Romans 10, 9, and 10, they belong to the global church. That's what we're talking about. This will not be on a slide, but Romans 12, 5. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So even though there's a lot of us, just four square alone, 67,500 churches, but we all belong to one body. Us being many belong to one. And we need to begin to embrace instead of shooting down everybody for, well, you believe this way or you have this or whatever. No. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord? Do you believe he was raised from the dead? He's God's son. Can you fess him as Lord and Savior of your life? You're my brother. We belong. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Not on the slide, so you take notes. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Some of us are Jews. Some are Gentiles. Some are slaves. Some are free. But we all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. And so that's where we need to begin to embrace that one spirit. So I, I think we're good on what the church is and whose church is. I think, I think we got that covered because I've got pages and pages. As Pastor Tim said, I haven't preached in a long time, so... And he gave me almost two months to prepare. I've got pages of notes I can go through. Uh, one, one of the running jokes with, with pastors and, and, and musicians, I, I plan a band, that we have a set list. And I remember like, sometimes people like to come and grab the set list off the stage. And then they'll come back and they're like, wow, you didn't play this song this time. Now, those are just possible suggestions. We might play those songs. <laughs> we might play those songs. These notes, these are just possible suggestions. <laughs> I'm just going to wait the Holy Spirit tell me which one's the, the highlight, which one's he's going to erase from my memory, you know. 
So let's, let's move on. We're good with, it. We're good with the, the church. Let's move on to communion with the saints. And for the sake of time, I'll, I'll speed this one up. So, so first of all, what is communion? We just had communion last week. And when you talk about that, that's what most people think. When you say communion, they think of a little cup of grape juice and the cracker, and that, that's communion, which is part of the definition. But the definition of communion is this. The sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. And, of course, the second definition is a service of uh, Christian worship in which bread and wine are consecrated and shared. But in the creed, we're going to focus on number one, because that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about the the grape juice and the, the crackers. We're talking about the sharing, exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, and it says especially on a mental or spiritual level. So when we say, I believe in the communion of the saints, we mean that we believe that there is a union, a fellowship of the souls in whom the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, dwells. And so that's where our communion is with that. So the next question will be this. Who are the saints? And I think you already know the answer, but we're still going to break this down. In its most basic sense, a saint is the Holy One, someone who is set apart for God's special purpose. Okay, that, that will be a saint. Ephesians 1.1 1, 1 says this, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, I'm sorry, sorry, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will to the faithful saints in Jesus Christ at Ephesus. I just threw that in there, and there's another one, um, Acts 9.32 says, Now it came to pass, as Peter went through all parts of the country, that he also came down to the saints who dwelled in Lydia. And there's many, many more scriptures where we're referred to as saints. You know, we visit the saints. And I just put two up just to say that we are the saints. And, and the Bible refers to that. Um, Acts 26, Paul talks about putting the saints to death. You know, his previous life, he talked about putting them, putting them to death. And I said there's, there's many, many, many verses. But the point is, even in the Bible, we, the church, we are referred to as the saints. Okay? And I know there are other denominations that have saints and they pray to them and whatever else they do. But in this Apostles' Creed, when they're talking about communion of saints, it's talking about us having fellowship together. That's, where, that's what the communion of the saints is talking about. So, like I said, the obvious, we are the saints. So, the word saint does not necessarily mean believers who are perfect in holiness, but rather it points to those who by their confession and baptism may be separate from the world and devoted to his service. That was kind of a heavy thing. I would read that one more time, <laughs> right? The word saint does not necessarily mean believers who are perfect. Thank you, Jesus. So we're not perfect in the holiness, but rather point to those who by their confession and baptism may be separate from the world, that's key, separate from the world. You're in the world, but you're separate from the world and devoted to his service. That's the saint. Back to communion. I'm jumping back and forth between these two. Back to communion. 
the sharing or exchange of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially when the exchange is on a mental or spiritual level. Psalms 133, verse 1 says this, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Communion. Most scholars believe David had wrote this soon after he united the two kingdoms back together and he became the king over both Judah and Israel and he was appointed king over both, that he wrote this, this short psalm, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. It goes on to talk about it's, it's pleasant as the oil dripping off the beard, uh, head of Aaron down his beard and into his garment. And I love the way this, this, this psalm ends. As it's talking about living in unity and how pleasant it is and it's like the oil running down the beard of Aaron, then it ends with, that says, that the Lord commanded this blessing, life evermore. That is, oh yeah, if you do this, you get life evermore. He commands that blessing. So as we begin to dwell together in unity, the demand of the blessing that we'll have life evermore. Not maybe, it's commanded by God. And so we're talking about the church, we're talking about living in unity, we're talking about some of the divisions and stuff. And there's something I always hear a lot, and you've probably heard this too, that a lot of people like to say, we need to be a New Testament church. You know, like the one in, the, in Acts. And they'll go on why we need to be that. Most of these people want to be a New Testament church like in Acts. Number one, because they don't really want to go to church too often. They want to hang out at home. My home's my church. You know? I don't want to pay tithe. That's an Old Testament. Now, I can totally debunk that with New Testament scriptures and, and stuff. And I usually don't. When they start saying that, you know, they, they start talking about that. I don't want to pay tithe. Instead of arguing with them and showing them the scriptures, all right, cool. You don't want to pay 10%? That, you know, whatever. Then I, I, I get my Bible out and I read Acts chapter 2, verse 44 and 45. It says, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. Cool. And they sold their possessions and goods and divided them against all as anyone who had need. 10% doesn't sound so bad, does it? <laughs> But you go ahead and be a New Testament church <laughs> and not pay tithe, but you better do this part of it. Just saying, you know, right? Got to keep it real. Or, or they don't want it. I don't need to go to church that often. Every Sunday, don't you realize that, you know, I work all week and I only have two days and Saturday I have to do all my chores. Now you want me to come to church on Sunday? Come on. Well, in that same passage of Scripture, verse 46, Every day, they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple. Not at home, in the temple. And broke bread from house to house, and they ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts. Once we consented, it doesn't sound so bad. Now either does it. <laughs> but we want to be a New Testament church. <laughs> and we complain about once a week. So... Um, they met, they said they met daily. And that's what communion of the saints looks like. Getting together daily. Breaking that bread. Going from house to house. And sharing what you have in common. Now, once again, Pastor Tim said this. I'll reiterate. 
We're not telling you to go sell everything you own and give it to the church. Now, if God says to do that, Pastor Tim and I have a few wish list things. I know you still want your Mini Cooper, and um, I got a few motorcycles and guitars that I need. Um, but that's not what we're saying. <laughs> that is not what we're saying. If the Lord puts it on your heart to sell it and go to church, we will gladly take it and distribute it as needed, where it properly need, need to go. We're just asking that you would just do biblically what it's said to do, okay? So please do not take from this that I'm telling you to sell everything you know, and give it away. I'm not saying that. But that is what the New Testament church did in the book of Acts. Just throwing that one out. So that's what community of saints basically looks like. Now, I want to give some real-life examples um, of what community of the saints could look like. I'm going to use real life, things I've personally experienced. You know, I can sit and talk about this is what you should do and, and whatnot. I want to give real life experience. Now, I grew up in a four-square church. My, my dad was a pastor. Of, matter of fact, my dad was a pastor of this four-square church. Uh, he was a pastor before Pastor Jan Spencer was here. Um, both my parents, as I said, they're ordained ministers. Uh, this is, a, I'm just going to, since we're family, I'm going to talk about this. This is a cool thought. In Lancaster Foursquare Church, my granddaughter Paisley, she's running around doing stuff, and I've seen her serving in the cafe and serving in different areas and, and doing things. We're a multi-generational church, right? My family, four generations serving in this church. This church. And my granddaughter is the fifth generation serving the Lord. But four generations of my family have served in this church. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Now, with all that said, the best example I can find of communion with the saints in practice, not so much belief, but in practice. And remember, I grew up in a four-square church. Parents were ordained ministers. I'm an ordained minister myself. The best example I've seen a community of the saints is in the biker community. Ouch. <laughs> I wish I could say, hey, man, this church did this, this. And blanket statement, yes, churches have done great things. This church has done great things for the community. Yes, absolutely. So don't think I'm bashing anything we've done. We've done great things. I'm talking as a whole. A blanket statement. Just, just a few things. Um, now, when I say the biker community, community and their communion, I know pretty much everybody in here has a PhD in biker culture because you watch this TV show for an hour a week for several seasons. And based off that TV show, you got your PhD in biker culture. Now, there's a few of us in the room and probably listen online who know the difference. And some of the things, see, in the biker culture, when push comes to shove, it doesn't matter what color's on your back. They come together in unity and help each other out, the brotherhood. Sworn enemies coming together and helping each other. Because actually, once again, we have our PhD from the TV show. In real life, I mean, there's some 
animosity between the groups, yes. But when push comes to shove, those colors, in a sense, go out the window and they come together to help. And I'm going to give you a few examples of that. Um, I'll try to make this quick. I just want to show you some of this stuff. As many of you know, I, I call her my daughter. It's actually my daughter-in-law. She's my daughter. And she had her battle with cancer. Well, actually, her battle in victory from cancer. God miraculously healed her. Thank you. Yes. That Jesus. And her testimony, if you want to hear her testimony, is just amazing, the things that God did. But part of that healing, she had to have a bone marrow transfusion or transplant. Transfusion. Anyway. And so she went to this database, and this database found a 100% match. A really cool young man from Poland. <laughs> so now my daughter-in-law is, is Polish. <laughs> she did the 23andMe. She went from English to now she's Eastern Bloc <laughs> dominant DNA. Um, but anyway, and, and real quick, matter of fact, I met the guy. He's, he's actually um, in California right now. He flew up from Poland for them to meet. And if you guys want a, a good cry, find me on Facebook and look at the uh, video of them meeting for the first time. And you, you'll, I've seen it probably 50 times, and I bawl every time I see it. But anyway, it was an organization called Be The Match that this, this came through. And they do events to get people to sign up and raise money for their organization. A lot of these events are in the biker community. And so a lot of times Heather will go and speak at these and give her testimony. And the last one we went to, we had a few, a few of them to support. The last one we went to, I could not tell you how many bikes were in the parking lot and down the street. And I couldn't even tell you how many different colors were represented. But everybody getting together and having a great time, raising money, supporting this cause, putting their differences aside, and becoming one. And once again, sworn enemies. Because the TV show told us that. Uh, uh, another time, I said, I don't want to spend too much time. Uh, another one, a very good friend of mine. Just happened to go into Walmart. He came out of Walmart and he says, hey, um, my car won't start. Can you give me a jump? Absolutely. As he's helping her get her car started, she began to tell that you know, her daughter was terminally ill, dying of cancer. There was no hope she was going to um, die from this cancer. And um, found out, kind of my, my buddy, um, he called him, his road name was Nobody. So we'll just call him Nobody. I'm not being funny. His name, <laughs> he was, that was his nobody. So nobody says, well, I'm a such and such officer in such and such club, blah, 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 blah. And I'm going to make your daughter's dream come true because she is just fascinated with the motorcycles, especially Harley Davidson's, and she wanted to ride on Harley Davidson before she died. I'm going to make her, your daughter's dream come true. Well, then the phone call came. Man, she just took a turn for the worse. She cannot sit on the back of a bike. No worries. We'll get a trike. We'll strap her into a trike. All right, cool. Hey, you know what? That trike's not going to work. She took a turn for the worse. 
all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take the seats out of your minivan, put the mattress in there, open the side doors. I'm going to make a phone call, and I'm going to get as many people as I can to show up so she can ride in a pack. So we'll have motorcycles on each side of the door, in front and back, and shoot. As close as possible, we'll make her dream come true. The meeting was Tuesday night, okay, at Walmart. Tuesday night, Saturday. We're not talking weeks, months. Tuesday to Saturday. Hey, guys, this is what we're doing. We met down on um, 10th West, down by the Barnes Noble, and towards the end there, there's an IHOP there. You guys familiar with the IHOP? Meet at the IHOP if you want to go on the Angel Ride. And because of her health, it was a very short ride, okay? Very, very short ride. So we went from the IHOP up 10th, Avenue K, turn left on K to 20th, turn right, went up to J to the Harley dealership. That was the ride. And that was, her, that was all her health could, could do. I showed up, that parking lot was full, full. And once again, there's a few phone calls, it wasn't really planned, but somehow a sheriff got wind of what we're doing called his buddies, stopped the traffic. We rode four wide, okay? Four wide, up 10th, all, all that, with, you know, with the minivan in the middle and, you know. The first riders were pulling into the dealership. The last riders hadn't even left IHOP yet. Tuesday to Saturday. Hey guys, your little girl's dying of cancer. She wants to ride out of Harley. Wait for me. Boom. Once again, nobody cared what color was on your back. Nobody cared. This is just for this little girl. This is to make her dream. Because then we get to get there. Once again, no planning. Barbecue, and they got a band. And they did, I mean, you know, they partied up at the. They, Patricia had to go home because you know her health. But that's the kind of the kind of things we could do. A um, couple more real real quick ones. My wife and I were driving home one night. I mean, we get past like we were standing still. And we were, of course, observing the post speed limit. Of course we were. <laughs> get away from the lightning. Um, <laughs> we were past like we were standing still by these two guys with certain colors on their back. And they were on the 14. And we just passed. And it was just Crest Highway coming home. And we'd go around that one wide right-hand turn that you'd make. And as we did, our headlights, right in our headlights was a guy doing the dead man crawl across the freeway who happened to be one of those riders. So we stop so we don't hit him. I jump out, I help him get off the freeway. Before any emergency vehicle showed up, I would say 10 to 12 more people, hey, I'm so-and-so. I'm such and such in this club, blah, 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 you know, going through their protocol that, you know, they do. Um, our clubhouse is just around the corner. We have a flatbed. We're going to come pick up your bikes where you want them, where you want them taken. Matter of fact, um, is anybody called 911? Because if you just want to ride, we'll give you a ride home, hospital. Where, oh, no, 911's here. And obviously, the guy had to be taken away. Just like that. Once again, sworn enemies pulling together and getting this guy off through a getting his bikes their bikes home, get, make sure they were taken care of, following up, 
at the hospital, making sure that they were, they were, they were cool, making phone calls, letting their people who were expecting them, hey, this is what happened. Just spur of the moment, this, this happened. Um, my bike broke down. I've got pieces on my bike from, you name the club, I probably have a part on my bike from that club, okay? Oh, your bike's broke down? Here, here you go, here, I got this. Oh, you really like those handlebars? Here, how about these handlebars? You know, hey, let's do these pipes. I mean, just, I, you throwing it together. We had a biker church. I, I helped start a church called The Edge. It's now Liberty Church in Palmdale. And we did a branch off called the biker, Edge Biker Church. Guys were showing up, donating cement, paint, time, pounding nails, getting this church ready to have church. Just, we didn't even, it was just a, a group of us doing it. They drove by, what are you guys doing? We told them, okay, next thing you know, there's a pack of bikes rolling in to help. We didn't even ask. They, they, that's just what they did. That's not to mention the toy drives, the charities, the feeding of people. The list goes on and on and on. Um, I, I rode with a group called Black Sheep, Black Sheep Harley Davidson's for Christ. And we're not just a, a group that just, what was it, the wild hogs where they had their wife stolen a patch and they put it on and pretended they were. The Black Sheep is an international group. We have official chapters in four countries. We have chapters in 38 states. And then, of course, uh, area reps and members all, all over. But official chapters, four countries, 38 states. And we do a lot of charity work. We all, ki all kinds of stuff. I can tell you all day the things that the black sheep do. for. The but the one thing that every chapter does is they go to biker events. And um, it doesn't matter if it's Sturgis or it's Daytona, whatever, you name it. Even when we had thundered a lot. Black Sheep was there, or Topper Fest, whatever. And they set up a booth, and they do free boot shines. Now, Jesus, the thing is, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. We shined the biker's boots. And um, I got this picture up there. Now, we also pray, we also pray for the guys, and, you know, you know, we don't do bike blessings, but we do biker blessings. They go, hey, will you pray for my bike? No, but I'll pray for you, <laughs> you know, type thing. Now, that guy with your back turned to you with the black sheep emblem praying and the guy shining boots, I don't know if I would let him in a church, let alone stand up on the stage. I just had this picture of what it could look like. <laughs> that is communion with the saints. And I said, and there's many, many more examples I could have used. And I know there's people who are involved in that culture who can tell you, oh, yeah, and this, this, and this, and this, and tell you many, many more. That's what community of the saints looks like. Getting down there and cleaning dirty boots. Free of charge, by the way. No tips. No donations to the club. No. Just God bless you. Have, have a great day. And then praying for different needs other ones. That's what communion of the saints looks like. Now I want to say this. I want, I'll, I'll wrap this up in closing. If bikers can do it, imagine if the church as a whole can do it. You know? I, did, just, I just want to throw that out. If bikers can do it, and for their enemies, supposed enemies, what can the Christian church do when they decide 
So guess what? Yes, I believe in the Holy Christian Church. I believe in communion with the saints. And in closing, I want us to recite the Apostles' Creed, but this time as a prayer. So if you go ahead and put the, the creed up for me, please. I know that's a really great-looking guy up there praying and shining boots, whatever, but... So I'll, I'll just read a bit, uh, read with me, but a, as a prayer. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son. He was convicted by the power, well, he was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, was buried. He descended to the dead, on the third day rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. And as we've said every week, amen. So be it. Let it happen. That's the stamp of approval on, on that prayer. Once again, we're, we're, we're going to close, and I'm just going to say, hey, you know, I was to make an invitation, and then you're free to go home or, or come over. Um, I would ask uh, different ones. You know who you are, the different prayer partners. Do you guys, some of you guys want to come up and be available for prayer? I, I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know if something in, the, in this message convicted you and say, hey, I need help with this. I, I want to become that, that church. I want to become that person. Um, Maybe you, you do need a healing. We talked that first slide about the restoration, what God can do, what man can do with a machine, thing what God can do when he gets a hold of a person. Maybe you just need a healing in your, your life or you need a restoration of some type or a restoration, like I said, I mentioned of a relationship or, or whatever. Whatever your need is, we have people up here who want to pray for you. And my prayer is that we as a whole and I don't, you know, and I'm praying as a whole, the, the global church, but I want to say right now, life church, that we would begin to grasp some of these, these uh, things and live it. I, I, I kind of wish I, I, I preached this and then they announced uh, the 26th, but if we did it backwards, it's okay. I'd like to take credit for it because I stirred something up, but I, I, I didn't. But that's, a, that's right there, that's where it starts. Praying for our, out there and praying for our community. So any need, once again, any need, if you need it, we have, we have our, our prayer partners up here to pray for you. And I'm just going to say a simple prayer, and, and, and we're done. Father, right now, I, I just thank and praise you just for today. I thank and praise you for the work you're doing in our lives and in our church. And, of course, the global church as, as well, Father, because the stories we're hearing that's happening here is happening all over the place. We, give you all the place. We give you all the glory for that. And Father, right now, that I just pray that Life Church will become that church. That we will, in the truest sense, be the Holy Christian Church. That we will truly have the communion with the saints. Stir something up in us, Father. Individually and, and, and corporately. And Father, once again, as we close, I just once again, I just pray 
for the rest of our week, Father, as we go about our, our, our daily needs and our jobs and school and all that stuff. Father, you just be with us. Keep us safe. Keep us, as we talked earlier, from the attacks that do come at us, but also give us that power to kick those gates down as they come against us also, Father. And as always, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. And we ask all these things in your son's name. Amen. God bless you guys.